Welcome back to Suburban Sprawlcast and happy Halloween, everyone. I've got Acosta the Man in the house giving us his picks for the best horror films to watch in a group setting. I don't know if I know a single person on this planet who is as passionate about horror films as JT, but after hearing him talk about these, it made me want to watch all six of these movies. So if you're having a Halloween party this weekend and you want a movie to sit down and watch with your friends, maybe a movie to play in the background, or even a family-friendly one, he's got all of them. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Suburban Sprawlcast or on Facebook under the same name. But without further ado, here is Acosta the Man. I got JT, a.k.a. Acosta the Man. That's me. Uh, first thing I want you guys to know about JT is he is the beat creator for the Suburban Sprawlcast theme song. And honestly... You nailed that shit. Thanks, man. I, I gave you that. complete artistic freedom on it. I just I asked you if you could create a, a theme song for me, and then you took it to the next level because yeah. you you made something custom for me. Like right. you get me, and right. you get what I love, which yeah, is man. country music and hip hop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it's like uh, like I had mentioned to you before when I was uh, chopping up the beat was like I I originally was thinking, all right, so Cass is all about country and the hip hop that he always talks about is G funk. So I was like, let me get one or the other. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nah, you know what? Him and M had rope in hand. That was that, you know, outlaw country Mm -hmm. kind of folk punky kind of band. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's, let's find something. And you know, I'm a huge fan of Italian films and I thought, all right, so what'll work spaghetti Westerns. All right, let's listen to spaghetti Western soundtracks. I was listening to it for like a, I would say like two or three days and then I finally like, found one that I was like, all right, this will work. I chopped it up, sent it to you. And I sent you the rough and you were like, yeah, this is it. Honestly, like, I was ready to shoot. put it in the podcast right there. And then until you like, oh, it's not master, man. I'll yeah. send you the final. I was like, oh, man. And then you send me the final. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, like, man. It's so good. I love it so much. Thanks, Thank you man. so much for of doing course, that. Of course, man. Thank you for asking me to do it, man. Because honestly, it's just like it's. It's something not only that I genuinely love to do and I'm passionate about, but to be able to help out a close friend with something that they're passionate about. I'm like, fuck, yeah, dude, whatever, whenever, fucking don't need to pay me, dude. It's all it's oh, all for man. you. I Man, I love it. It's no, yeah. perfect. Yeah, thank you for letting me do that. Well, when Em and I first did the Suburban Sprawlcast, we had you on to do a Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. And it, honestly, it was one of our most listened to episodes because... You're so passionate about Halloween, and you yeah. did an episode on on music, Halloween music, and on, and Halloween horror films. Yeah. And uh, today, I wanted you to come on to talk to us about horror films that that would be good to watch in like a group setting. Yeah. And you sent me over the trailers, and I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I did I had never heard of a single one of them, <laughs> and it was perfect because yeah. I didn't want you to come at me like, dude, okay, so Scream, um, Halloween 1, 2, <laughs> Friday the 13th, like, I want movies that people haven't heard of or, yeah. you know, and uh, or might not have heard of and, and something new, and yeah. you... Yeah, yeah, like I said, it was perfect. Right, right, but, right. But uh, I'm not going to do a lot of talking because I don't have a lot of knowledge on this subject. I want to be a listener on this one. Yeah. And so I'm turning it over to you Appreciate and let it. you run with it because, yeah. uh, like I said. I'm happy to. Yeah. Yeah, because like, I've been watching horror movies since I was really young, and it's something that it was one of those things that I kind of I found it and... I constantly wanted more. It was something new. You know, like when I, 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 my 
earliest memory is watching Universal monster movies. And from what I can recall, the first horror movie I ever watched was The Creature from the Black Lagoon. My memory might be a little askew, but I know for sure it was a Universal monster classic. And then from there, it was like, all right, this is tight. What else is there? And since I was like six years old, it's just constantly just been like, what else is there? What else is there? I'm always going back to the classics. I'm always going back to what I enjoy. But whenever I find a movie that's like, yo, I think me and like six other people know this movie. I'm like, that's that's what's up. Because I, I'm a fond believer, you know, to quote the great Joe Bob Briggs, the only bad movie is a boring one. And so it's like a couple of the movies that I have on the list, they're by no means good movies. They don't go into it thinking you're watching Jaws or The Exorcist. Like, no, 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 no. Like, those movies are you know, a four course dinner at a place you got to wear a suit at some of the movies I got here is McDonald's at two in the morning. <laughs> like, and, and it's like, you know what? The thing is that like, yeah, one's cheap, one's not, but they're both satisfying. Like they're yeah. both very satisfying. And so it's like, those are the movies that I, that I picked for. Today. And that's coming from a vegan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Plant-powered fast food at two in the morning. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so excited. No, yeah, me too, man. I've been thinking about this. Like, I I wanted to do some research before we did this, and I I looked through a bunch of lists of you know movies to watch on Halloween, mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of generic stuff. And there's a couple of them that I was like, no, like I want I want movies. I want to pick movies for people to watch at a party. Like you know, some of these movies. They may not be for you to watch by yourself, mm-hmm. but I want to watch a movie. To, I want to pick movies that you would watch with a group of friends at a party where there's beer and pizza and y'all mm-hmm. are just shouting at the TV. What the fuck? Why? Like that. <laughs> that's what I wanted. You know, I wanted to make a Halloween party movie list. And that's what I got. Awesome. Let's get to it. All right. So um, the first movie that I chose when it comes to Halloween movies, and honestly, this movie I'm about to mention right now, it's the only Halloween related movie. The rest of them are horror movies. Okay. This one right here is the only one that's actually like takes place on Halloween and there's events that occur on Halloween. Now, when it comes to Halloween movies, there's always, you know, people's go to, which is obviously Halloween and mm-hmm. also um, uh, Trick or Treat, which came out in 2009, which is a great anthology movie. But this movie called Hack O' Lantern. Now, this movie came out in the 80s, and around that time, whether you know it or not, there was a scare, scare, quote-unquote, quote called the Satanic Panic. And during the 80s, um, heavy metal was getting big. Uh, you know, bands like Judas Priest and Black Sabbath are getting blamed for murder and suicide and crazy shit like that. And so a lot of film production companies said... Well, people are losing their mind over the satanic panic. Let's cash in on it. And so this movie, Hackle Lantern, like I said, this movie is by no means good. Yeah, yeah. But it is fun to watch. It takes place on Halloween. It's about this kid named Billy who has a grandpa who is a Satanist. And on his 18th birthday, he is going to uh, have a ceremony to make him now the leader of the cult. But things start to happen and then suddenly this person wearing a devil mask and a cloak is killing everyone associated with Billy everyone around him and what's great about this movie is that the acting is terrible 
the characters are kind of one-dimensional and in all honesty when you start to watch it you're like oh this person's the killer okay it's not the whodunit that catches you off guard it's everything else in this movie it's just like and the great thing about it is that they incorporate heavy metal it's oh my god there's a scene in the movie where Billy, which Billy at this point is supposed to be 18, but he's played by a dude who looks like he's pushing 40. So, <laughs> so you know, it's it's one of those things where you're like, no, that's not believable. Like, that's, that's no, no. But there's a scene in the movie where Billy kind of throws a teenage tan- tantrum and he locks himself in his room and he puts headphones on and he has a daydream about a metal band where he's not the singer of the band by you know he's the rhythm guitar and he's doing a horrible <laughs> job pretending to be the rhythm guitar <laughs> and like shit starts to happen around like in this music video daydream where like a voodoo priestess comes out and she starts to like shoot lasers taking out the band members and then at one and then like and here's the here's the best part about it the metal band I don't remember the name of the metal band, but it is a stereotypical L.A. hair metal. And they're singing a song called You're the Devil's Son. So it's just (laughs) like they're not even trying to be subtle. They're not even trying to be subtle. And so this daydream happens. And what's great about this movie is that it's very atmospherically Halloween. There's, you know, a Halloween party there. it, It takes place in like east coast during autumn so there's a lot of you know trees turning colors and you know a lot of like hay and pumpkins and like it's just there's it feels like a halloween movie it even has like a very soft warm aura to it Mm -hmm. and it feels like a halloween movie but it's just a lot of crazy shit happens like the the grandpa in the movie is played by high pike that's the actor's name and if that name sounds familiar that's because he was in blade runner he kind of plays this, you know, this Satanist of the leader of a cult. And, you know, his the thing he wears is just a cloak over like a flannel and some tough skins. You know, <laughs> so it's like he's still super country, but he worships the devil, you know. And so it's like and the whole movie, there's a lot of moments of like. What? Why is what the fuck? Why is what? Why is this happening? Like, what the hell? Like, it just it, it continues to keep you on your toes. There's a lot of moments that it's just kind of padding where it's just like there's like a car driving or like the opening credits take a little bit longer. But a lot of the padding that occurs just kind of like catch you off guard. Like at one moment in there's like a Halloween party. And during the Halloween party, it cuts to the outside mm-hmm. and there's people hanging out. And then all of a sudden this guy comes out and he does like three minutes of the hackiest, worst stand-up comedy you will ever hear. (laughs) Just like stereotypical women do this, men do that kind of stupid stuff. And then it just cuts and you never see him again. It just, it just, it doesn't make sense. But like as a slasher movie and as like a fun Mm 80s you know, satanic panic film. It's something to watch with a group of friends. Unless you're like a bad movie connoisseur like myself, uh-huh. don't watch it by yourself. You're going to get bored. Okay. You know, but if it's something that you want to watch with a group of friends, it's definitely one of those like, you know, throw popcorn at the screen kind of movies. You know awesome. You know, so yeah, I, that that's my first recommendation for it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's really silly. 
there's definitely some what the fuck moments in it, but yeah, I, that's that's my first recommendation for a movie to watch at a Halloween party. Hack Lantern. Hack O Lantern. Yes. Hack O Lantern. Yes, sir. Okay, so my second movie that I chose. This movie is more. I see this as one of the essential horror films to watch. It's it's not even just like a so bad it's entertaining. It's actually like a legitimately good movie, and it's a movie called Reanimator. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn, and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the six to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. <sighs> but lately, they're getting out of hand. <laughs> And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Dead? Not anymore. Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life, and not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. It will scare you to pieces. Now, some people may have heard of it because it's it's a fairly popular movie, but for some reason never gets a lot of attention. It's loosely, when I say loosely, it is very loosely based on um, a story by H.P. Lovecraft called mm -hmm. Herbert West Reanimator. And the whole story is about this guy named Herbert West, who he's in um, Miskatonic University in Massachusetts, or I'm sorry, in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And he developed this serum to be able to bring people back from the dead. So he reanimates corpses, but things don't go well. Zombies come or, you know, reanimated corpses come back and they start to kill other people. It's just complete chaos. But what's great about this movie is that if you read the story by Lovecraft, it's dark. It is very, very dark and macabre, and it's gruesome. This is a horror comedy. Oh. It is funny. Like, it's legitimate. And what's great about it is that the director, Stuart Gordon, he cut his teeth being a director of stage. And mm -hmm. so when you watch the movie, it feels like a play. And so it's very over the top, very silly, a lot of physical comedy, a lot of blink and you miss it jokes, a lot of one liners. But there's this graphic, gruesome violence. And it's just it's a lot of fun to watch because, you know, you read if you've read the story, 
you kind of get an idea of like, okay, this is what's going to happen, but it just twists on its head. It adds this narrative of um, Herbert West's um, uh, roommate who's dating the dean's daughter. And then they get involved and there's a whole thing with that. And there is a professor of uh, anatomy who is obsessed with the dean's daughter and is a stalker and stalks the dean's daughter. And so they get involved somehow. And, you know, there's like little lines in the movie. Like there's a scene where uh, Herbert West's roommate finds his cat dead and you know, his, the roommate's girlfriend, it's like, oh, you killed him, Herbert, you killed him. And he's like, no, I, the cat was dead when I found him. So I, I put him in the refrigerator. I didn't want him to stink up the apartment. And then the guy says, well, why didn't you say anything? And he's, and Herbert says, what do you want me to do? Leave a note, cat dead details later. So it's just like, <laughs> and it just, you know, and so it's just like simple little jokes like that. And, but then turns out Herbert did kill the cat and he brings him back to life. And the cat becomes this like, very um a very aggressive violent zombie so it's just like it suddenly becomes like human or animal they suddenly become very animalistic Uh and so they become violent and aggressive and they they don't know anything other than attack and so it's great because the movie moves at a at a breakneck speed it never slows down it's it's funny it's has horror royalty with Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton and directed by Stuart Gordon. And it's, there, there is a scene, I'm not going to spoil it because I don't want to spoil this. There is a scene near the end of the movie. I went to go see this at the theater with, in a theater in LA with my little brother and the theater was full of drunk people. And so, like oh. I said, the, the, the movie is a, a horror comedy. So people were, you know, riffing on it thinking they were on mystery science theater they they just they you know were kind of ruining the movie mm-hmm. when it got to the scene where the dean's daughter was strapped down to a metal table i heard no and the scene kept going and i heard no 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 and the scene kept going i heard no 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 and just the theater just erupted and oh my god and then it just it it keeps you on your toes and that scene like when you if this is the movie you pick i'm just letting you know right now this movie i mean obviously i don't think any of the movies that i picked here for the squeamish but this is definitely a movie that it'll make some people uncomfortable it's gonna make some people uncomfortable so but it's it's a well done movie it's fun it's funny and so if you want a higher budget movie I mean, a higher budget's a bit of a loose, you know, is wrong phrase to use for this, but something that isn't like a low budget B picture, mm-hmm. then I would go with Reanimator. So that's the movie that I would. Re- that's another movie that I would recommend. Awesome. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so I, I want to kind of change shift gears here. Um, I want to talk about a movie. That my another recommendation. Now, I just want to remind those who are listening: this is not in any particular order. Okay. I am saving the best one for last. Okay. But this is, you know, by no means am I saying this one's better, that one's better, not saying that. But um, the next movie I'm picking is actually more of like a family-friendly movie. Oh, okay. You know, so like I I, I don't think anybody would have expected this, but it's a movie that came out in the 50s called The Tingler. I'm William Castle. 
and I feel obligated to warn you about the next attraction you will see at this theater. The picture is The Tingler, which I directed. And for the first time in motion picture history, members of the audience, including you, will actually play a part in the picture. You will feel some of the physical reactions, the shocking sensations experienced by the actors on the screen. I guarantee that The Tingler has more shocks per minute than my last film, The House on Haunted Hill. But don't be alarmed. You can protect yourself. When you see the picture, you will be told and remember the instruction how you can guard yourself from attack by The Tingler. Now, The Tingler, a little history here. The Tingler's directed by a man named William Castle. Mm-hmm. William Castle, when he was directing films, was known as the king of gimmicks. All of his movies, he basically would create a gimmick and write a movie around it. He did House on Haunted Hill. He did okay. 13 Ghost. He did a lesser known movie called Straight Jacket. Um, you know, like, for example, House on Haunted Hill. When it was in the theaters, he not only had, you know, ambulance out front and had life's life insurance certificates people would fill out like oh if you died of fright your family will get 10 grand but also he would have actors that's a lot of money yeah (laughs) yeah so that's why he was making a promise that he wouldn't have to keep you know and he would have actors dress up as nurses and you know he would have actors dress up as the monsters in the movie and then during certain times they would jump out and oh like in the theater in the theater yeah that's amazing and there was another one he did called 13 ghosts where he gave you this little like card that had pieces of cellophane, like 3D glasses, the blue and red 3D glasses. Through the blue cellophane, it's known as like the coward view where you watch the movie, but you can't see the ghost. If you look through the red screen, you see all the ghosts that the, the actors see. That's so, amazing. Yeah, so it was like he was- That's he, an experience. Exactly, and he made that experience and he had these gimmicks. And with the Tingler- this is my favorite William Castle movie, but also a, a hero of mine, Vincent Price. This is my favorite Vincent Price movie. Okay. Hands down. Like, I've watched damn near every Vincent Price movie, and this is probably my favorite because it's a mixture of Vincent Price's very eccentric and macabre acting with the campiness of William Castle and his gimmicks. So, The Tingler is about a doctor, Vincent Price, who finds out that there is something in your spine that basically tenses up when you get scared. Mm -hmm. But when you scream, it relaxes your spine. Somebody dies of fright. They couldn't scream. And so he extracts this worm alien looking thing called the tingler and he found out that every human being has this in their spine and so basically if you don't scream the tingler will snap your spine in half and kill you (laughs) and so this was the gimmick that um that william castle did for this movie so there's a scene in the tingler where the tingler is loose in a movie theater And the screen goes black and you hear Vincent Price say, ladies and gentlemen, uh, not to be alarmed. There's just an issue with the projector. And then things happen. And then all of a sudden they realize, oh, no, the tingler's loose with the audience. And so 
there were moment there was a moment where the screen was still black and Vincent Price says ladies and gentlemen the tingler is loose in the theater for the, for your life for the love of god scream scream to kill the tingler and at that moment William Castle rigged certain um seats in the theater to shock like have a little sh- a jolt of electricity <laughs> That's brilliant yeah and so there was unbeknownst audience members getting like like two volts yeah, of electricity yeah, yeah. while Vincent Price is screaming, the tingler is loose. You have to scream. You have to scream. And so they feel this little pinch and all of a sudden people lose their mind. And that's what, that's what's great about the movie because what's great about it is that you can have this at like a family, you know, get together yeah. and you know, you can have, you know, you can introduce this to little kids and then at that moment you can, you know, kind of like pinch their leg or something, right, right, you know, right, right. just kind of give them that jump, you know, yeah. or like give them that experience. And that's what's great about this movie is that the whole movie is in black and white except for one particular scene. I don't want to spoil it. There's one particular scene that it's just this bright, bright, vibrant color and it adds to the movie a lot. And to add to it. There is a character in the movie who is mute. So they can't, they physically cannot oh. scream. Oh. And so that plays into the gimmick. Man. Yeah. So like if if you want to have a, a family-friendly Halloween party, I highly, highly recommend The Tingler. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you got next? Uh, let's see here. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying this. If I were to tell you, now this goes out to the audience as well. If I were to tell you, on my list, there is a movie that was shot in New York in the 80s and is currently in the Museum of Modern Art. If I gave you 100 guesses, you wouldn't guess it. I know I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) So the movie I'm talking about is 1981's Basket Case. What is the secret Dwayne is hiding in the basket? What's in the basket? Easter eggs? What's in the basket? Clothes. What's in the basket? What's in the basket? My brother. What's in the basket? Open it, if you dare. Basket case. This movie, extremely low budget, directed by Frank Hennen Lauder, who is the king of New York underground films. Um. This movie is currently, there's a print currently at the MoMA. And if you watch Basket Case, if, if I didn't tell you that, you would have thought, oh, this is just some, you know, low budget horror film. Uh-huh. No, it is, it is a, a, a wonder how this movie got made and the way that it was done. It is extremely low, low budget, but it's done very well. And, um, a little a little story so uh, i believe it was last year my little brother and i we went to a screening of uh a frank hennen lauder triple feature it was basket case 
Brain Damage and Frankenhooker, which those other two movies, Bas- uh, Brain Damage and Frankenhooker, I highly recommend it, but that's for another list. So we went to the screening. And whenever we go to horror movie screenings, we always see, you know, people wearing horror shirts and just, you know, people selling horror Blu-rays and posters, whatever. But we saw people who looked like they were going to like like a like a fancy dinner, like they were dressed up and we're like, that's weird. Like we're watching Basket Case. This is okay. (laughs) But then it clicked and I realized, oh, these people have never seen it. They just heard a film that's at the MoMA. Oh, <laughs> I have never seen so many people leave a theater. No way. Straight up, dude. Like I saw people who like, like the people who were dressed up, they up and left. Like they were gone. <laughs> there was even a guy who was sitting in front of me who was like Googling the movies <laughs> to find out what they were about. And I'm like, dude, d- that was wow. something you should have done yesterday. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like already these these independent movie theaters do not like you having your phone out. And this yeah. fool is, you know, Wikipedia in brain damage. Oh. And so, okay, so Basket Case tells the story of Dwayne and Belial. Dwayne, average looking dude, Belial is his deformed conjoined twin. And it, it kind of tells you later on in the movie how this happened, but um, he keeps his brother in a wicker basket. Belial, the deformed brother, literally like he looks like a piece of chewed gum with arms and razor teeth and eyes. Like it's just, <laughs> uh, you know, stereotypical deformity. And he keeps him in a basket and he feeds him raw hot dogs and burgers. And somehow Belial has superhuman strength. And so the movie is about Dwayne and Belial tracking down the doctors who surgically removed, surgically separated them. And they're going to enact revenge because it comes to find out that they were going to let Dwayne live, but they were going to let Belial die. Oh, yeah. And so basically the movie follows them as they are looking for these people and enacting revenge on them. And what's great about this movie is that it's not trying to be funny, Mm -hmm. but the graphic violence are cartoonish. They're very silly. They're like out They're outlandish. There's there's definitely a moment that there are definitely moments where it is an exploitation film. There are some moments that even I myself, I'm like, oh, damn, oh, okay. (laughs) But what's great about the movie is that aside from those couple of scenes, the violence are cartoonish, they're silly. And, you know, at one point when the movie was first released, um, they said, okay, you can distribute this throughout the country, but you have to take out the violence. They took out the violence and people were saying like, this movie is just mean. Like, it's not... It's actually kind of mean spirited, but that's because you took out the part of the movie that's supposed to be like, oh, it's funny. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. And you're watching this movie and you're like, if you, if you were to take out the violence, it, it would be kind of mean spirited. But because Frank Henenlotter has a very, very dark sense of humor. And if you have a dark sense of humor, I highly recommend Basket Case. It is a lot of fun to watch. And there's moments that are very schlocky and very silly, but just Looney Tunes style. Like if Looney Tunes had blood, 
Really? If the Three Stooges had blood, like that's this movie. <laughs> and so it's great. And so if you watch the movie, there are definitely some mo- time. There's there's some moments in the film where you can see the seams, so to speak, where it's very, very low budget. And it's just you can tell that, you know, this movie was made in an abandoned hotel, which it it was. And what's great about Lauder is that with all of his movies, he makes New York a part of the film. It's not just, oh, it takes place in New York. So the city is like a character in the exactly, movie. Exactly. The awesome. a character in the film. And it's all during like the peak of New York sleaziness. Majority of the film takes place on 42nd Street. And if you don't know about 42nd Street in the 70s and 80s, that was known as the Grindhouse Street. That was where all of the grindhouse theaters were. It was where there was prostitution, drugs, just the the sketchiest of the sketch was all on 42nd Street. And he films it all on 42nd Street. Gorilla style, mind you. Amazing. I don't think he had more than like two permits (laughs) throughout the whole film. But what's great about it is the fact that you it's this time capsule. It's this reminder of what New York used to be before conservatives fucked it up. And not only is it a gray time capsule and reminder of what New York used to be, it's a fun movie. It's it's one of the few films on this list that I would say, like, watch it by yourself, uh-huh. you know, get an idea of it if you want, and then watch it with your friends. You know, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's great. And I, I highly, highly recommend Basket Case. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So my next one. Okay. So this one, I have a lot to say about this one because what's great about this movie is that it it did something before the thing we all know. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was doing research for this episode, I was looking at all of the different, you know, Halloween movies to watch and Rocky Horror kept popping up. And I thought I might get some hate for this, but the movie that I'm about to recommend is better than Rocky Horror. Whoa. My opinion. My opinion. At me, I dare you. (laughs) Please email man (laughs) at (laughs) gmail.com. These are my opinions, not those of Suburban Sprawlcast. But um, the movie I'm talking about is Phantom of the Paradise. 20th Century Fox presents Phantom of the Paradise, a gothic horror story. What was that? A beautiful love story. A cinematic odyssey through the rock universe. From Greece to glitter and beyond. The story of a sound, the man who created it, the girl who sang it, the monster who stole it. And the phantom who haunts the paradise, the ultimate rock palace. Phantom of the Paradise, 
My music is for Phoenix. Only she can sing it. Anyone else that tries, dies. Phoenix. Phoenix. Well, you told me one time that you'd be somebody, that you weren't working just to survive. B. Man, you better get yourself a castrato for this. Paul Williams as Swan. And the angels that defeated them. I want you to stop terrorizing the paradise and rewrite your cantata. And the Phantom. Stop Only you might satisfy me, Of the paradise. There really is the Phantom, 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 Phantom. Phantom of the Paradise is an incredible horror musical. And it came out a year before Rocky Horror. Oh. Yeah. So, and the thing is that, but because um, Phantom of the Paradise wasn't a part of the midnight movie circuit, it didn't get as much attention. And so because it didn't get as much attention, no one really knows about it. So here are some quick facts about Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, Like I said, it came out a year before Rocky Horror, directed by Brian De Palma, Mm -hmm. who directed Scarface, Carrie, Carlitos Way. So like your your favorite movie, Blowout, which Blowout is not a horror movie, but if you get a chance to watch Blowout, fucking watch Blowout. But Brian De Palma directed Phantom of the Paradise. It stars Jessica Harper, who is the star of one of the greatest Italian horror films ever, Suspiria. She's in this. Um, William Finley, who is an incredible character actor who does not get enough uh, praise for his work. And also, all of the music was written and this person stars as the antagonist. Uh, All the music was written by Paul Williams. Okay. So if you don't know who Paul Williams is, um, his most recent um, film that he did, he was in Baby Driver. Yes. Yeah, he was the the gun kingpin in Baby Driver. He wrote songs for David Bowie. He wrote songs for The Carpenters. And you may know him best as the person who wrote the music for the Muppet movie. If you've ever listened to Rainbow Connection, he wrote that. No way. Yes. I did not know that. Yep. Paul Williams is the bad guy in this movie, and he wrote all of the music. It is, the music is amazing. The story is definitely um, very reminiscent, and you can see that it wears its influences on its sleeve, because it's a mixture of Phantom of the Opera and the story of Faust. So... The movie is about William Finley's character, who is this musician who writes a cantata. And Paul Williams' character, he's a record producer, and he loves his cantata. But he wants to basically turn it into a pop hit. William Finley's character gets mad. He goes after him. He gets arrested. Mm -hmm. And then he breaks out of the prison. Now, this all happens in the first, like, 20 minutes, so these aren't spoilers. Um, And he gets into a severe accident, and people think he's dead. But, turns out, 
he goes to um he goes to Paul Williams club and he basically is the phantom of the paradise the, the club is called the paradise and he you know starts to pick people off he makes you know lights fall down like the story of the phantom of the opera that's that portion the faust part of the story that is something i don't want to talk about because it's a bit of a spoiler mm-hmm. but what's great about the movie is that the mu- the music is fun the story keeps going it's this v- and what's great about it is that especially now for this podcast it's a huge huge statement against the record industry oh. it's a huge punch up to the record industry because uh uh paul williams character he keeps trying to find like the next pop hit and so in the 70s there was this 50s revival and then you know there there's this band called um oh my goodness i can't remember the name of the band that um that is like the the stereo like the 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 industry plant Mm -hmm. but like at one moment they're a 50s revival then all of a sudden they're a uh beach boy like band and then near the end they're more of like a alice cooper kind of shock rock thing so it's the same band but throughout the movie they become different genres because that's what's hot Oh my God. And it's this huge middle finger to the record industry. Right. And to add to that in an ironic twist, Led Zeppelin sued the film distributors because originally Swan, that's what his name, Paul Williams character's name is Swan. Okay. And in the movie, there is a, uh, his record label is called Swan Song Industries. Oh, I can see why Led Zeppelin said, okay. And then, so at that time, Led Zeppelin had Swan Song yeah. and then they said, you need to change this or we're going to take, we're going to prevent this movie from coming out. And so if you are a fan of, um, any album released by the record label Atticus, uh-huh. the dead bird image is from phantom of the paradise really yes that's where they got it from it was from their um yeah it's from it's from that movie and so if you watch the movie there's this kind of clunky edit where there's a sign that's supposed to say swan song but it's this obvious terrible edit where you just see this kind of floating box that has the dead bird on it and so it's because led zeppelin sued them but the thing is is that like now because of that yeah, people know that image. People right. know that symbol. You know what I'm saying? But uh-huh. here's the thing about the movie: the movie ended up being the Canadian Rocky Horror. Somehow, it be it gained a huge following in Canada, and it became kind of known as like the Canadian Rocky Horror. There was midnight screenings of it. There's people who dress up as the characters and go to the screen. Like it's their version of Rocky Horror, but it's an American film interesting yeah so it's it's if you want to have a musical uh horror movie if you want some catchy numbers to go along with your party if you want to have it as like background noise Mm -hmm. and eventually sit down and watch it whatever it is the perfect film to have both as like a party record and as to watch as a party Awesome. Yeah. So I that's that's my my next recommendation. Phantom of the Paradise. Um, I I, I gotta say that this my last one. So I picked six because I couldn't pick five. I had I had to had to throw this one in. This movie 
I literally wrote down in my notes, I don't know where to start. <laughs> and that's all that I wrote because I genuinely don't know where to start. I don't know where to end. <sighs> there are some movies that you don't care how bad they are. You just, you, you love them. Whatever movie, whatever movie you could think of that is your quote unquote guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. And whatever movie you could think of that is like your favorite so bad it's entertaining. This one blows it out of the water. And I, if you don't like this money, didn't like this movie, I will give you your money back. Like <laughs> this movie, 1981's Pieces. Warning, what you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces, it's exactly what you think it is. Pieces, absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. Now... When I say I don't know where to start with this movie, that's because I genuinely don't know where to start. I've seen this movie dozens of times. But it's one of those movies that it is absolute bad shit. So the 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 premise of it is pretty basic. Mm-hmm. A string of murders occur at a college in Boston, and it's kind of this slasher, giallo kind of whodunit. Now... Just like Hack-O-Lantern, this movie, it's kind of obvious who did it. Mm-hmm. But there are some moments in this movie that you have to rewind and go, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This, this did not just happen. This is, this is what I mean by a movie that is fast food at two in the morning. This is the quintessential so bad it's entertaining film. And it's arguably my favorite slasher. Mm-hmm. And it is very, it's the, so like I said, the premise is very basic, but what goes on around it is absolute bad shit. So the movie was, uh, shot mostly in Spain and it was directed by this guy named Juan Picar Simon. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple shots in Boston just to kind of get you, give you an idea of like, oh yeah, this takes place in Boston. But the whole movie is like if an immigrant came to America for like 10 minutes and went, oh, yeah, I know what America is. Like there's there's a there's a moment where there is a woman wearing a USA sweater and cowboy boots in Boston. And so it's just like it doesn't make sense. And it's but it's so much fun to watch. And. There are moments in this film that just completely catch you out. And it's from the beginning. The movie starts off with this little boy and it takes place in Boston in in the 1940s. And he's putting a puzzle together. His mom comes up and she looks down and the puzzle is of a naked woman, full frontal naked woman. And the only the only puzzle pieces that aren't on there on the woman's crotch. (laughs) And so the woman, the mom grabs the puzzle and she throws it up against the uh, mirror, shatters the mirror. And she's like, you like, and she obviously like just complete overreaction, just <laughs> hits some says you fucking idiot. You pervert. You're just like your father, you fucking idiot. And she's like, she says, go get me a plastic bag to throw away this trash. The kid leaves. 
And then she says, hurry up, idiot. He comes back with an axe and just hacks it. And you, it doesn't cut away and you see the kid getting spot. You see the axe hit the woman in the forehead. And it is this brutal murder scene. And it's like, and you see the, and it's not like, a, a second unit shot where like the, the little boy is just kind of, you see him hacking and then it cuts to the woman and it looks like, no, you see that little boy hitting the woman and then the movie and then the scene goes outside and then it cuts to him literally hacking her with a saw. <laughs> the movie cuts and then it goes back to him putting the puzzle back together like nothing. <laughs> And what's great about this movie is the dialogue is un fucking believable. There's a moment where a murder happened and there's a professor of anatomy there who um, is helping the detectives. And there's literally a pile of body parts, just body like arms, legs, torso, just all over the place. And the detective and there's a chainsaw next to the body parts. And the detective says, Professor. Would that pointing at the chainsaw be able to do that pointing at the body parts? The professor goes up to the body parts, picks up a limb, looks at it, drops it like a bag of beans, goes to the chainsaw, grabs the chainsaw and looks up at the detective and says, it's possible. (laughs) And it's like, what the fuck do you mean is possible? Like literally there's the weapon. There's the murder. How the fuck? And it's just... There's so many twists and turns in this movie that it never gives up. It just keeps going at a breakneck pace. And it has moments of what the fuck. It has dialogue that you're like, dude, no human talks like that. Uh Nobody talks like that. There is a character who is a former tennis professional who is now a detective and is going undercover at the university as a tennis instructor and they get a guy who's a suspect to help with the the detectives it's just like none of it makes sense like you watch this and you're like no this isn't this wouldn't happen this is not how the world works but the best part about and i'm not gonna say because like i said the ending is obvious. Oh no, no. Let me rephrase that. The who done it is obvious, mm-hmm. but the last ten seconds, the last last ten seconds of this film, you will not see coming. Literally, there are there's like two endings to this movie, and the last ten seconds will make you shout, "What the fuck!" <laughs> so, like I said, don't go into this movie thinking that like, oh, it's gonna be a good slasher. It's gonna be up there with you know. Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. This movie is trash. <laughs> it is a terrible movie. But and this is what I well, this is what I want to recommend to people. If don't e- don't even rent it. Don't download it. Just fucking buy pieces. If your collection consists of rom coms uh-huh. and you just have this one movie, make it pieces. Yeah. And so this is what I recommend for you to watch pieces. The night before you have your party, watch pieces. Uh-huh. Just soak it in. Enjoy it. Love every fucking minute of it. And then the next day at your party, watch your friends. 
because your friends are not going to believe what the fuck you're showing. It, it is an absolute batshit film that shouldn't work, but does. And what's and here's the thing about the movie. The, the movie has two taglines, which, in my opinion, the, the second tagline I'm going to give you is the greatest tagline in cinematic history. The first tagline was, you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. And the second tagline was pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. And it is. It doesn't try to be anything other than a sleazy exploitation film that just you have to watch it multiple times just to get an idea of what the fuck is going on. And so if if you want a crazy movie, if you are going to have alcohol at your party, if you're going to have joints at your party, watch pieces this i can't stress this enough it's even if you want to have a if, if you have a date <laughs> and she says or he or she or they say let's watch something crazy pieces you gotta go with pieces so, yeah. i love it so yeah i those are my six picks um yeah, I, this was a really hard thing for me to do. Like, there was two movies that was like, yeah, those are for sure going on the list. Uh -huh. Everything else was just like, damn, can I make it like top 20? Or <laughs> you know? It's just, there are so many films that I would love to recommend. And it's like, I don't think people understand that when I tell them like, yeah, you want to talk horror movies, I can talk forever. And if you open that box you will not be able to shut it off. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I, these movies... They're a lot of fun. Um, I am going to say something, though. I'm letting you know that these movies, they do have moments that people can find offensive. Okay. But just to let you know, these movies are, their exploitation films are definitely a product of their time. But don't go into it thinking that it's going to be you know, friendly for everybody. I mean, except for the tingler and Phantom of the paradise. Mm -hmm. Those are the two movies that I would say like, yeah, you can have that at a, you know, both of those are at a family function if you want. Yeah. But the other ones are like, Egh. yeah, the, the, it, somebody, somebody might find this offensive, but it's like, you know, the one thing that I always talk about, especially a movie like pieces, because that movie was heavily protested when it was first released. But the thing is that at the same time, um, the movie Last Tango in Paris came out. And if anybody knows about the controversies of Last Tango in Paris, that movie was a lot worse because the the controversy happened behind the scenes. Okay. There was a lot of wild shit that happened behind the scenes. This movie is not trying to be anything other than, it, than what it is. Just a graphic, sleazy exploitation film. So it's like, you know, go into it with a sense of humor. That's what I have to say about all these films. Go into it with a sense of humor and just have fun with them because that's what these movies are for. They're, they're meant to be enjoyed and they're meant to, to have fun. And that's why I say, if you're not a bad movie or a horror movie connoisseur, watch these as a, watch these at a party. Uh -huh. Cause they're there. They will be a lot more enjoyable because I, I can tell you, there are movies that I have seen multiple times. I have the Blu-ray collector's edition, but I will go to L.A. to watch them at the theaters because there's something about that experience. Just to add on to it, 
one of the bonus features in the pieces Blu-ray, you can watch it with the audio recorded at, um, I think it was the Alamo draft house. Like you're sitting there watching it, listening to an audience, watch it. That's so rad. Yeah. So it's like, you're watching the movie. Like it's not like, it's not like the audience overpowers the film. You can Uh still hear the film, but you're watching it as if you are at the movie theater with other people that's super it's like a live album for a band before that's so rad i've never heard of that exactly exactly and so that's because this movie is so bonkers that you know watching it with an audience watching with a group of friends friends makes it so 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 much more enjoyable jt i i can't even thank you enough like that (laughs) i i i I'm so excited you have more movies because that means that we have another episode for next year. Oh, (laughs) I've already made the list for next year. (laughs) Don't even trip, dude. Like I've got them on. Yeah, I got them on deck. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Well, I'm definitely having you back on because we we got music to talk about. And I mean, if you guys don't know JT, he was the lead singer, my favorite hardcore band, Proletariat Youth. Um, I know you guys have broken up and we'll talk about that on our podcast. But I also want to talk about the beats that you're making because they are sick. And I love every post that you post because. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah. But oh, JT, like. This has been a pleasure. I had so much fun listening to you. Me too, man. I had a great time. (laughs) Oh, man. So that's JT and Cassidy signing out. Peace. Now that you have learned what you have learned, It would be well for you to return to your own country. I prefer to remain and protect those whom you would destroy. You are too late. I want you to go as quietly as possible. Do not make a sound until I tell you to run. Then run as quickly as you can. Now does everybody understand? Bastards! Why are you torturing me like this? Why?